Hello, everyone. You're listening to the LockingYourSuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast with Master Trading Performance Coach John Locke, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. This is episode number 32, and today I'd like to share an excerpt from a presentation I did about the four common beliefs that prevent traders from being successful. Keep in mind that the beliefs we're about to reveal are extremely common because they're all the things we've loved for trading to be, but unfortunately, like many good things in life, the benefits in trading also come with their challenges, and refusing to accept those challenges will prevent you from reaping the rewards from trading. So let's listen in. So let's start talking about a couple uh, common destructive beliefs. And one of them is I want to or need to be consistent or I need consistent results to be successful. And this is a very, very common thing, right? So whether I'm coaching day traders or income traders or investors, they're always have this thing as, you know, I'm looking for consistency. I want consistency. I have to have consistency. And it comes up over and over again. Now, the first thing we have to talk about is what does consistency mean to you? What does it mean to you as a trader? Because I'll tell you the word consistent, consistently defined means the same all the time, right? In other words, the trader is, is expecting to get the same results all the time. And I'm sure the results they're expecting to get is to win all the time. And when I point that out, when I point out that statement is, you know, when they say they want consistency, I say, so, you, so you're expecting to win all the time in your trading strategy. And what they'll do is they'll think about that statement and they'll say, well, no, no, no. I, I understand. I understand that I'm going to lose trades. I just want to, right? I understand I'm going to lose trades. I just want to trade consistently. Now, of course, when we start talking about consistency too, we have to also ask a couple of other questions, you know, over what time frame, right? So do you want to be consistently profitable every uh, year, uh, every decade, every uh, month? Every day, every week, every year, right? So, uh, what is that time frame? And we ask the question, how much and how often? In other words, we ask people to define this word consistency to themselves because they don't actually truly internalize what they're saying. Realize that a trader's expectations around the around consistency literally create stress and lead to poor performance. We talk about performance, and the reason is is you know we talk about the scenario i just talked about at a logical level the trader understands that they are going to take losses because they tell you i expect to take losses but at the at the feelings level or the feelings or, or the emotional level they are expecting consistent returns they are expecting to win all the time and we know this because of the way people tend to trade strategies so what will happen is they'll take a, a look at a strategy that they know has, say, an 80% probability of winning. And therefore, if it has an 80% probability of winning, it only logically makes sense it's going to lose 20% of the time. And they start trading it. And then when they start trading it, as soon as a loss comes in or one or two losses comes in or they experience a rough period, they're out, right? They just go away and they're on to the next trading strategy or they're reducing their size or whatever, right? From a perfectly normal, uh, a perfectly normal loss. So my point being is that the trader literally has conflicting ex 
expectations at different cognitive levels. So at one level, he's expecting to have these losses, and at the other level, he can't deal with it. So the result is I, log I understand logically there will be losses, but emotionally, I have to win this trade. I have to win every trade in order to continue to trade at a, at a high level. So when we look at that statement, or when you are acting that way, this puts you at an abnormally high risk of making poor decisions and trading poorly. So if you're like this, if this is your mindset, instead of following your system, you're going to, do, you're going to feel the urge to watch the market constantly. That's the first sign that at the uh, unconscious or the feelings level that you're not willing to lose the trade. And that being the case, you'll be over, overly focused on evidence indicating that the trade might lose. That's going to create stress. Whenever a human being has stress, they narrow their focus of attention. And since your stress is about potentially losing, you're going to find or make up evidence about what you're looking for. And you're going to build up evidence that will favor uh, that, your, that your trading strategy is going to lose. And since you are looking for that evidence and you're finding that evidence, you're going to build up a story in your head and you're going to be compelled to break your plan. Will that create a loss or not? I don't really know, but I know over time, if you're not following your trading plans, you're not going to be tremendously successful as a trader. So this is a, uh, a scenario that is very damaging to your long-term performance. But once you do that, right, once you do that, you have this thing where you where a trading strategy takes a normal loss or you can't follow the strategy because you're too focused on a loss, you make a, con a logical conclusion that there must be a problem with the trade, right? And if there's a problem with the trade, you don't want to trade anymore. So you're going to go find out, go out and find some other strategy, some other trade, something else, because obviously this didn't work, right? So this is a very common example of a trader being inconsistent in his process in a way where it causes poor results with the root cause being uh, conflicting logical and emotional expectations. So why does this happen? Well, it's only natural for human beings to do this. So for example, if you were going to, you know, if, say we were all younger again and we wanted to have a child. When somebody's looking at the experience of, or the thought of having a child, they're, they're thinking about and they're getting the feelings of how wonderful it's going to be to have a baby and how cute he's going to be and all the fun things that they're going to do together and all this other stuff. And they completely ignore the fact that, you know, you're going <laughs> to pregnancy isn't always a picnic and the, uh, you know, the kid's going to come out, he's going to be crying, he's going to be pooping. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do, right? There's a lot of negatives there. And I think we're all logically, we, we all logically understand that they're there, but we ignore that and we go with the feeling, or in other words, we let the frame, we let the feeling frame our emotional state in that, and within that frame, we logically conclude that we're gonna have the baby, even though we understand that it's gonna be very problematic. And it has to be this way because if it wasn't this way, right, if human beings didn't work in this manner, they would never have children. <laughs> When they think of all the poor things, if they, you know, all the all the hard times you're going to have with your children, 
if that was your frame that you put around the, the circumstance, you wouldn't reproduce and we wouldn't be here as a species, right? So this is how we work in everything. So this is why something like this happens. Now, what you wanna do is you wanna understand this about yourself and understand when you're looking at a trading strategy that has an 80 or 90% win rate or whatever it happens to be, that there is gonna be that 10 or 20% of the time that's just gonna suck. And you wanna fully internalize that. And by fully internalize that, not just logically saying, yeah, I understand I'm gonna lose, but this is wonderful, right? You wanna be, you wanna actually play out the, lo the, lo the losses in your head ahead of time so that you know the losses are gonna be there and you internalize that the losses are gonna be there and you know what they're gonna feel like. And then when you do that and you make the logical decision to go ahead and do that strategy, and you, from a, a unconscious or emotional standpoint, you understand that you're going to go through this, it makes it a lot easier to, to go through these rough areas and these drawdowns and to continue to trade a strategy that's of actually a very good strategy, but has these ups and downs as everything in life does. All right, so I'm gonna move on and talk about a common uh, destructive belief number two, which is, and this is for our income non-subjective traders, is I trade non-subjectively based uh, solely on past probabilities. Therefore, I can blindly follow the rules and expect to win in the future. One of the things I point out in our seminars is a trader is always either trading subjectively based on his own subjective beliefs, or he is trading with ignorance. Now, Realize that every trading strategy tells a story that defines its edge in the marketplace. It also defines its weaknesses in the marketplace. If a trader truly understands a strategy, right? I don't care how complex the strategy is or how well it back-tested, um, it has those dynamics. It has its strengths. It has a reason it's working in the marketplace. It has an edge in the current marketplace. And at some point in the future, that edge is going to go away at least temporarily. So. If he understands that, he's gonna be much better off. So if a trader understands a strategy, then he is going to trade a strategy when his subjective beliefs about the market indicate that the edge in the strategy is likely to, to be present. That's what he's going to do. So we'll, we'll get deeper in this in a minute. If the trader believes the strategy will somehow win all the time because it has certain rules to it, he is what? He is ignorant. He's not, he's not um, either purposefully or not purposefully ignorant, okay? Realize that any trade you enter is being subjective at some level. If you believe in a bull trade, why do you do that? So I'm just going to, for people who don't know what a bull trade is, I'm going to um, just quickly, quickly describe it. It's an extremely simple strategy that we do on the Russell 2000, and let me back this out, where we enter a bullish vertical, 56 day, uh, no, 65 days to expiration, and we have 30 point, a 30 point wing on it, and we get at least $2.50 credit, and um, that puts the risk at about 25,000. So in this particular example, we got a little, um, Let's see, what's the actual risk here? Uh, we got a little bit more credit. It gives us $21,120 in risk. And with this strategy, we enter, this is a quote unquote non-subjective strategy, okay? We enter at 65 days to expiration. We 
do nothing. There's no adjustments. There's no nothing. You do nothing until September or the following month is 65 days expiration. That's going to give you approximately 28 to 36 days, I believe, um, in the trade. And we exit when we enter the next trade, whether this trade's up money or down money. Okay. That is the strategy. And from a um, execution standpoint, it's totally non-subjective. But what I want to point out is if you trade this bull trade, in order to actually trade it non-subjectively, you have to have certain beliefs about the marketplace. All right. So this has a stop out point of $2,500. So this is going to stop out at, if the Russell comes down to about 1300 quickly, it'll stop out around 1300 If a little more time goes by or volatility shifts a little different, we may get a little bit more room. Okay. But that is a strategy. So in order to trade this non-subjectively, you have to have an overriding belief about the marketplace that the market generally goes up and that the market doesn't, when it goes up, it doesn't typically drop more than a certain point value. If you believe that, if that's your subjective belief, then this strategy is for you. If you don't believe that, if you, if, you, if you believe the market went down more often than it went up, and when it went down, it went up a lot, and when, up, when it went up, it only went up a little bit, if that was your subjective belief about the market, you'd have no interest whatsoever in trading this strategy. And this dynamic applies, applies to any strategy that you trade. If I go to, for example, let's see, um, this is what I call a zero delta Um, this is a zero, what I call a zero delta, no touch broken wing butterfly. You know, it's, it's similar to like a net zero trade. If you ever traded a net zero strategy, if you know what that is. Uh, but basically what we're doing here is we're selling some options at the money and we're buying call uh, and we're buying long options that create a zero delta situation or approximately zero delta situation in the strategy. The strategy also has no adjustments and it relies on, and it has, and let's say, and we put, let's say we put a profit target in this of 10% of our uh, total risk. So our total risk is about $5,000. So I put a $500 profit target and a $500 maximum loss. And my strategy here going forward is I'm not going to touch the butterfly. I'm only going to, uh, I'm going to stay in it until I either stop out, I expire, or I hit my $1,000 loss limit. So let's say that is our strategy. If you're trading that strategy, you need to have a subjective belief about the marketplace that the price movement and the implied volatility movement, most of the time are going to act in such a way where this will get up $500 before it moves so much that it gets down $500. Those would be your subjective beliefs about the marketplace. If your subjective belief was the market always went up like crazy, this wouldn't be your strategy, right? If your subjective belief would be, was that the market you know, always goes down really fast, then maybe this wouldn't be your strategy either most of the time, right? So, so those are your underlying beliefs. And the more complex, now you can make these strategies more complex. You can put adjustments in them. You can put um, you know, different types of profit targets and, and all kinds of different things. But no matter how many things you layer on top of it, Whatever you're doing 
is going to have its winning scenarios and its losing scenarios. And you should be aware of what they are. You shouldn't be, if you're, if you're looking at a strategy, you shouldn't be coming in here and just saying, well, it's just going to win all the time because, you know, I adjusted at 50 delta or something like that. Okay. So let me just switch back to the PowerPoint quickly. So I want everybody to realize that every trade we enter, every adjustment we make, every exit we take, we do because of our subjective beliefs about how the market's going to move or not move, how implied volatility is going to move or not move, as well as how our subjective belief about uh, how our strategy, how our positioning will react to that movement. So we take these into account if we're real, if we're trader, educated traders, we're taking this stuff into account and then we're deciding if the edge is there and whether or not we're going to trade the strategy. So a critical part of our success as traders is to realize, even a non-subjective traders, is to realize that we are indeed being subjective when we do the same trade the same way every time, no matter what. Common destructive belief number three. The more strategy wins, the more likely it is to be profitable over time. We get this a lot with our type of traders, income traders. So most people's trading journey is... I guess it follows the InvestTools uh, education system, right? They come in as directional traders, they buy equities. And usually they don't make out so well. So they say, hey, if I can leverage myself with options, you know, long options, then I'm gonna make money. And they go with the long options. And then they say, no, 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 no. If you really wanna make money, you have to go into like vertical spreads. And then you go through that. And then they're like, well, no, no. If you really want to make money, you have to do broken wing butterflies and, and then start dealing with volatility and all this other stuff. In other words, they, they get you into more and more education um, and you get further and further down the rabbit hole into, uh, into uh, these trading strategies that have a higher and higher and higher probability of winning. And there's a reason that people gravitate toward that. It's because losses are more painful than wins and, you know, People want certainty and they're trying something new and, you know, in, in an effort to try and create certainty, they do it through complexity and hiding their losing scenarios from themselves. Now, uh, so everybody does that, but the problem is probability is only one variable and it's not even a lot of times that important of a variable. Much more important is uh, utility, right? Utility is, you know, uh, it involves probability. How often do I win? And what's my average loss? or what I call exit loss trigger versus my average win, what's my absolute risk versus my average win, and what's my maximum likely win. All of these uh, features or all of these uh, dynamics should come into play when we're creating or considering a trading strategy. I mean, you have to realize that as a trader, a strategy that wins 30% of the time can be, isn't necessarily, but can be more profitable, more consistently, over a particular time frame, if you're measuring in, in years or, or, or weeks or months or whatever, uh, than a 90% probability strategy. And people tend to forget that and they always go towards the probability. Now the pr problem with going towards probability is that there, there's what I call this paradox of income trades where the safer a strategy appears, or, the, or I could also say the more hidden the, more hidden the loss, the losing scenario in the strategy, the more problematic or dangerous it tends to be when things actually go poorly. So in other words, it's fairly easy to create a strategy that wins 90, 95% of the time, but that strategy in the 5% of the time it loses, or maybe even in the 1% of the time when it loses, it's gonna be a catastrophic loss that's gonna rip away 
you know, months, years, decades worth of profits sometimes. In other words, it's a, it's a blow up strategy waiting to happen that happens to win all the time. And people see that as safe because it wins a lot historically. So, you know, if they trade it for a while, they're, they're making these small wins, small wins, small wins, small wins, and they're not experiencing that loss and they kind of forget about it. But when the loss comes, you know, something weird happens in the market, something very unusual, and it may not be a big down move. It might just be a volatility event with a small down move or an up move or whatever, depending on the strategy. And next thing you know, they're losing a year's, two years worth of uh, profits in that strategy, sometimes more. And we've seen this, I we saw this in 2018 with a short seller, you know, in a, a hedge fund in the marketplace who he's, you know, back tested forever doing this short, uh, you know, selling these short options. He had clients, he's managing people's money, you know, using portfolio margining. And then of course, that one unusual thing happened, everybody blows up and they lost, you know, more money than they actually have because that little 5% or 3% or 1% just happened to show up. So we want to be aware of that. You know, strategies that win less often and make a maybe a higher percentage of return versus the actual capital in the trade often tend to be much more responsible than these strategies that that have a ton of money in them and only want a little bit of money. So you want to keep that in mind. Also, the more complex a strategy is, the less predictable that strategy, um, the reaction, that strategy's reaction is to implied volatility and price movement. So if I have a stock, I know for certain what my trade's reaction is. I mean, it's, it's simple math, right? To figure out what price movement is going to do to my profit and loss and what implied volatility is going to do to my profit and loss. I know exactly what it is. When I have a single option, it's a little more difficult because I'm dealing with, you know, implied volatility that may go up and down. I'm also um, dealing with the passage of time in which that option is going to deteriorate. So it's a little more complex, but it's still predictable. I get into a vertical spread that adds another layer of complexity. It's a little harder to determine exactly what's going on. I get into a broken wing butterfly, Again, that's even more complicated. And then if I put an adjustment strategy on top of that, then I have a whole other layer of complications. And then if I start going into ratio spreads with you know, put protection or uh, and I start doing calendars or diagonals and stuff in different months, that just adds and adds and adds. And the less predictable, um, the less your analytical software in itself is going to be able to predict what happens to that strategy. And unless you're very educated in how those dynamics work, the less you're going to understand why your profits and losses go up and down. Other dynamics of income trades is the higher the win rate. So something that wins 95% of the time, the less favorable the average win tends to be compared to the average loss. So one of the things or dynamics with your trading that you're going to find out if you do calendars or butterflies, or even if you do directional, is the, um, the lower you put your profit target, the higher your win rate's gonna be. The higher you put your max loss, the higher your win rate's gonna be. So I can put a very high win rate strategy, even in a directional trade, by, making, by taking my profits very, very quickly and by letting my losses get crazy out of control. And, even, and when you go to income strategy, it's the same thing. The ones that draw down a lot, if you let them draw down a lot, then, then um, you're going to increase your win rate. If you let them, uh, if you take fast profit targets, you're going to increase your win rate. 
However, you're also setting up for that disaster scenario, or if you go to the extreme, especially, you're going to set yourself for that disaster scenario when you do take one, two, three losses in a row, that it's going to wipe you out. And you know, I trade, I don't know if you guys know this or not, I trade on the this SMB, I don't know if you know who, who SMB is, but SMB Options Tribe. We have a trading desk over there. I'm the senior trader, I've been there the longest, and I trade with the most money. And um, we've seen people come and go, and we've seen strategies come in where you know, they've back tested them, and they, you know, we had this guy, oh, I went 100% of the time, I went all the time. And I don't know why they let him on the desk, it was against, I was against it. But they let him on the desk. He wins 100% of the time. And he's got all this back testing and stuff to prove it. And he comes on the desk. And probably within three months, he was gone. He lost so much money. It was unbelievable. I mean, just completely wiping out the, um, the amount of money he had in the, in, the, in the thing. And it's just, like I said, it's just because that strategy that wins all the time, it got to the point where it got out of control, I think, two months in a short, relatively short time frame, and there's just no way that he's going to make the money back. So, obviously, you know that's the type of thing that happens. So you have to be uh, careful of that. So the higher the win rate, the more complex the strategy, the more likely the strategy is to have excessive structural risk. So by structural risk in a strategy, what we mean is, well, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but you can have a high structural risk for in multiple ways. So one of the ways would be if we have our bull trade and we have $27,000 risk for $2,500 profit, that has a structural risk of 27.5. So the losing scenario or the killer scenario in that in that uh, strategy is if you consistently exceed your maximum loss numbers is going to be the killer scenario. We have different type of structural risk where, where you might have a ratio spread, for example, that takes on, and you're using portfolio margining to, and you have a nice flat T plus zero line, but you have to use portfolio margining in order to make the, uh, the profits palatable for you. Right. In other words, I have a million dollars in actual risk in my trade. The only portfolio I can only make five thousand dollars in the trade. From a percentage standpoint, that looks horrible. But if I say I'm trading on portfolio margin, then uh, well, the only portfolio margin me ten thousand dollars, so I'm actually making fifty percent of trade. Right. So that so that's wonderful. Until you know my, the question you have to ask: Well, what are the potential drawdowns? Well, if I have a million dollar trade, the chance of me drawing down. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand dollars is a mere um, miscalculation on the modeling's part of implied volatility. In other words, if implied volatility doesn't do what my model does, wants to do, a million dollar trade can be fifty down fifty thousand dollars like that. So now I'm in a strategy where I'm pulling out at five thousand dollar profit, and there's a reasonable chance I'm going to take a fifty thousand dollar loss, but I make it look palatable because I'm saying I am only really risking 10,000 because that's my portfolio margin. So those are the types of games that traders play in their head in order to do that. So you want to avoid that type of thing, okay? So uh, anyway, common destructive belief number four, the more I tweak my rules or the more specific I get, the more likely I'll be successful and win as a trader. This is a, a, a very common thing in our type of trading. It's also a common thing in even in directional trading when people do back testing, they'll come in and they'll make these minor tweaks in the rules to get 
fairly significant results changes. What I want everybody to realize is that trading strategies win over time in the future, not in the past, in the future, when the concepts of the strategy align with the marketplace, period. When you properly backtest a concept, when you do that, what happens, right? And by properly testing, I mean not tweaking anything. I mean just setting up a set of guidelines and rules that you, so you know what to do when and testing it. When you do that, you get a general idea of what the strategy's performance will be like in the future, assuming the dynamics of the future are somewhat similar to the past. When you start tweaking that strategy, when you start adjusting at 50 delta instead of 75, or you start, or you, or you enter it 52 days to expiration instead of 56 days to expiration, the more you do those kinds of tweaks, the more, in order to get better results, the more you're form fitting the concept to the past. Okay, so we have the general concept. Does this concept work in the marketplace? And then we have people fine tuning the concept to make it match the past or in other words, to filter out some of the bigger losses in the past. Because invariably what happens when people are back testing their strategies is they come in and they have this wonderful rule set and they'll go in and, and, they'll, and they'll run the test and there'll be this two or three months that just suck, right? And they make it so that, they make it so that I just, you know, I just can't handle, I can't handle those two or three months. It, 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 made, it made my year lose. So what they'll do is they'll come in and they'll say, well, you know, if I entered this on Thursday instead of Friday, or if I reduce my profit target by 500 bucks, or if I add a put when I'm, let's see, what delta did I have trouble with? When I'm at this delta, if I add a put five delta faster, then that takes that, that makes that bad period disappear. And it really doesn't affect the rest of the strategies that much, the rest of the results that much. Now, now I can live with that, right? Now I can live with that. But what they don't know, or they're not admitting to themselves, is all they did is they filtered out that result. In other words, the concept that they were trading will produce that result from time to time. Just because they made a minor switch, that doesn't change the concept of the trade. All that does is it filters out the bad luck timing. And when you do that, the problem with doing that is when you do that is you, you expect those same results going forward, but the same results won't be there going forward because the timing is gonna be different in the future. You're not, the exact same thing isn't gonna happen at the exact same time. You're gonna, and that being the case, you're gonna get different results. And then all of a sudden you're shocked because the strategy is not working like you thought it was gonna work. Something must have changed. Well, nothing changed. It's just that you, you had a misbelief about the initial concept. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that in your strategy. I hope you enjoyed the presentation. If you need any help in achieving the mindset of the successful trader, or if you would simply like some fantastic information on how to improve your trading, I encourage you to visit us at lockinyoursuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com and check out our pro membership so that you too can break through barriers and make quantum leaps in your trading and in your life. Please share and comment on our episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast.